Welcome to the Are You Future Ready podcast. Are you curious about technology, innovation, and how you can stay ahead? Then you've come to the right place. In our series, we tap into the minds of people behind innovation. This podcast is brought to you by LR's Product Development and Innovation Center. Hi, I'm Linda Garib, your host of the Are You Future Ready podcast. Today, we'll talk about the latest findings from the Future Ready Lawyer Report with our guests, Matt Renner, president of U.S. Enterprise Commercial at Microsoft, who's joining us from the Chicago area in the U.S., and Martin O'Malley, the CEO of Walters Kluwer Legal and Regulatory, joining us from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Welcome to the podcast, Matt and Martin. Hi, all. Thanks, Linda. Really appreciate it. That's great. And I should say welcome back, Martin. This is, I think, uh, your second tour with us. So we're excited to to have you. Very good. So before we get started, I'm really excited about our episode today. Uh, I'd like each of you to please share with us a bit about yourself and and what you do. Sure. So so Linda, I I, uh, run the enterprise business here in the U.S. on the commercial side. So that's basically all the customers that are not part of public sector or or regulated. About 2,500 customers, all products from Microsoft uh, outside of of Xbox, which is to the chagrin of myself and my son who'd like me to sell that. But I don't I can't get a hold of those things. But I I am with all other products in a B2B structure. Been here about two and a half years and I'm based in Chicago in the suburbs. Been Stuck in my basement here for about two years uh, due to COVID, but I uh, I'm looking super looking forward to to working with uh, with us on this call. Hi Linda, I'm uh, Marson. I'm the CEO for Legal and Regulatory, and I'm responsible for um, all legal and regulatory customers across uh, Europe and the US. Uh, I've been with Walter for four years, and uh, I'm based uh, just outside of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Great, thank you. So to give a bit of background uh, for our listeners who might be joining uh, this as their first episode, the 2021 Future Ready Lawyer Global Survey captures key insights from over 700 legal professionals on how the adoption of technology has accelerated this past year or last couple of years in the legal sector and what we can expect as we move beyond the pandemic. So, Matt, you've been in the technology space for over 25 years. What are you hearing from customers? What areas are facing the most disruption for the better or worse and why? Yeah, so a couple things. First of all, I think a lot of the of the feedback I would give you <coughs> excuse me, aligns with the survey, right? We're seeing a lot of the same things. When we, when we look at where Microsoft comes into play and, and that lens, right? We definitely, from an end user perspective, have a lot of products and we can give a lot of perspective with customers as we go across it. And when we say legal services for us, we're thinking law firms, corporate legal departments, legal tech ISVs, and, and alternative legal services and providers that have basically come come forward to help transform businesses a, as they go forward. Uh, we're, we're seeing a pretty consistent set of trends though. You know, First is a lot of pressure to adopt modern technologies and, and that continues to grow uh, with each each coming year uh, with the technologies that are emerging. The second part is we're seeing a lot of, of desire to reduce cost or drive efficiency. And, and that could be anything for speed uh, and customer service or frankly, just bandwidth and, and productivity of the, of the users that are using these, these technologies to go forward. We're also seeing a lot of, of interest in extracting greater and greater uh, amounts of data. Uh, and, and figuring out those connected experiences across different types of, of legal entities as you go across for the customer, again, from that perspective. 
Uh, probably the last piece I would mention is, is the market itself. And, and we're seeing kind of this rise of alternative legal services and providers that are providing business uh, services from the outside, meaning it's it's not just the, the the legal firms at this point. There's more and more solutions out there that are addressing customer need, uh, and in some cases they're, they're they drive lower cost. In some cases they can provide advanced technology. So there's a lot of pressure coming from these business services that are kind of emerging. I think the term that uh, I've heard recently is the disaggregation of legal services, meaning we're seeing legal services in the industry shifting from law firm centric to client centric. Uh, kind of overall. So hopefully that captures a little bit, but, it, but largely it's in line with the, the the WK survey. Yeah, Martin, were you going to add something? Yeah, no, I'm, I've kind of just been, been thinking about it because um, it's interesting. I think the discussion office is very much, is often very much focused on the technology, but I think um, Matt mentioned a couple of things that I think is key and something that we hear back from customers directly, that it's really also looking at about things like productivity, increasing effectiveness and efficiency. And I think what has happened really in the pandemic is that the technology has really been pushed to the core of the relationship between law firms and corporate lawyers. And I think this is really has created somewhat of a frenzy around technology. But I think what's really important is the focus needs to be on how does this create value for the end user? How does it help the end user to become more effective or even in many cases just to help improve satisfaction? And I think it's it's really something where you see at the moment a huge pressure on, um, I would say, all legal professionals to, uh, on one hand, understand the technology, but at the same time, keep focused on serving their customers. And that, I think, is is creating, I would say, somewhat of a, um, a panic sometimes, a non-necessary panic, because it should be really focused on how can they continue to increase value and, and improve service. Thank you. And I think you answered my next question. So I'm going to go ahead and jump to the next one, which I know will be interesting. So, um, you know, it's been called many things uh, back to office, future work, hybrid work, really, you know, what trends are you seeing from your perspective on what the future will look like for hiring and retaining talent, including legal talent? So I'll I'll uh, jump in, Linda. I would say a couple things. Uh, the, the last two years have been this incredible acceleration of digital transformation for customers, and, and for some customers that meant more collaboration tools to connect, you know, from a remote perspective versus how they typically would in an office. Uh, and, and for others, it's it's the workflows that have to be adjusted, if you will, uh, across their business, just just to uh, to acclimate to the fact that folks are no longer in person. Uh, from that perspective, when, when you look at the great reshuffle, if you will, that that folks are calling this, uh, it really is changing the way we do business, and technology can play a role in that. And and I think it kind of went through phases, right? Is what we're we're experiencing. The first phase was reactive, right? This is where most of my customers, and I, as I mentioned earlier, maybe 2,500 of them, they, they were just reacting to the fact that folks were going to be in a different spot and proximity changed, right? It changed for where you could be because of the virus and, and all those areas. And so, so collaboration tools landed across the board and, and you had to do everything from the technology that was behind it to frankly the business process to make that work effectively so you could still deliver for your customers. But what's interesting in this next phase has been folks have made all these investments and now it's 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 morphing into how do I take advantage of those investments? I don't want to just have a collaboration tool like Microsoft Teams, as a for instance. I want to be able to exchange documents. I want to be able to work on di documents simultaneously that are both up to date and are secure, which is another issue. I mean, obviously, in the legal profession in this entire space, risk is a big big issue, 
and security is a super big issue. And it can be not only a challenge relative to the solutions you provide, but it can also be create hesitancy for the user, right? They get a little bit uncomfortable when you're starting to kind of release uh, new processes as you go forward. So um, what we've seen is uh, customers are now starting to evolve and ask more out of these collaboration environments and these platforms, more out of, of the, the products themselves, just like Microsoft Word. And good examples there. In fact, we're working with, with WK uh, on a usability lab and a piece right now with Microsoft Word. Uh, and I could talk a little bit about that, but, but the reality is we're always circling back to, can we provide value to the customer? So we've seen a big shift as we've gone across uh, from that perspective. Yeah, maybe just to build on that, I think um, it's important to, I think, uh, you know, keep perspective on, you know, you asked a question around remote working. Remote working has, it has worked. I mean, I think the industry really hasn't suffered enormously as, as a result of the pandemic. So I think what, um, you know, we're on this call today on, a, on Microsoft tools. I'm, I'm sure Matt very happy with that. Um, <laughs> But I would say that those tools have become just essential to just doing our normal daily work. I think the, the, the real challenge is how do legal professionals become effective at deploying new technology? And I think that technology is often being seen as a, um, a requirement. I mean, you see what we see from the future ready lawyer is that corporate lawyers are expected to work with certain, sorry, corporate lawyers expect their firms to work with certain tools. And I think that they see the tools as an ex uh, delivering on the expectation of again improved productivity and effectiveness. So I, I think as you we think about the future, um, you know, deployment of tools is is something that will will continue. But I'm also interested in how we're going to deal with the talent because uh, what's also very clear to me is that um, as we evolve to new ways of working, I think we're all in still some shape of work from home. But if you think past the pandemic, what's going to be important is um, I think it'll be a test and learn approach. We need to remain flexible. I think we also need to recognize that certain dogmas won't work in the sense of um, the various dem demographics we have within our workforce are going to expect different things. They're going to expect different types of flexibility. And I think we need to be able to roll with that. And that's going to be a very much a, a learning process. And Martin, I, I would probably add to that, right? I, I think you bring up an excellent point was around talent. And one of the things we're seeing very consistently, at least in the US, is if you don't offer a hybrid environment, meaning you're not offering the ability to, to have an, an individual work from home two, three, four days, even when this all comes back, uh, I think it's it, it's we've evolved past something here, meaning the genie is a little bit out of the bottle. I think it's a case where folks are going to expect that. And in fact, uh, when we started this, uh, uh, scenario a couple of years back, we always felt like we would get our engineers back in person as quickly as possible. And I think we've we've come to evolve here at Microsoft and realized if we don't offer uh, a hybrid environment now that folks have gotten used to it, uh, it'll affect the talent we can we can recruit because you're going to have to offer these things. Obviously, the tools to make that a productive so solution are super important, but uh, the reality is you're you're not going to recruit the, the same level of talent if you don't offer this. And I Absolutely. think it's across industries. Absolutely. Great. So one of the things we've touched on a lot in this podcast is how to innovate within companies. So as we look to the future, companies will not only need to strengthen their internal innovation processes, but also flex to co-innovate. It sounds like a win for customers. They get innovation and co-innovation from two great companies. 
can you please share a bit more about what goes into co-innovation? Martin, do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. Let me start on this one. So I, I think all innovation has to start with the customer or the user problem that you're trying to solve. And um, whether that's, you know, innovation um, with or without partners, it's the same, the same principles apply. And, you know, when I look at the um, what's interesting in our world at the moment and in the world of the legal professional is they operate with an ecosystem. So we talked a few minutes ago about the fact that we all, you know, we start our day in, in, in teams, probably, I think, for the majority of the world. Um, and we end up switching between applications that we use from a legal uh, legal uh, perspective, the same as we use other tools in our daily work. Uh, um, and what I think is interesting when you think about co-innovation is looking at the interplay of the various tools we use. And we are currently doing a, a, um, a very interesting co-innovation project with uh, Microsoft, looking at how we can essentially create more value for the users of our shared tools. And I think that's a very um, interesting process. Now, Martin brings up an, an excellent example, and this has been an exciting project to work with. In fact, it's gone very well. And uh, what's interesting about it is, is he is he is right on top of, of one of the biggest failures you'll see in co-innovation is if you don't bring the users along with you. Uh, and frankly, the user experience is a, is a major trend. And this specific one kind of had two paths to it, two work streams. One was the user experience. The other one was the technology behind it and how would this work? And it's been great to work with, with WK on this because both sides have put a lot of effort into making sure we have success across the board. And frankly, we've been able to even utilize some technology that WK had uh, produced in, in other areas to utilize this. And, and we're double clicking down in Microsoft Word and trying to pull these things forward. But I, I made a comment earlier that the user has to trust the product, right? At the end of the day, we're, we're utilizing AI in this specific case of machine learning uh, to extract data and provide a point of view and why that's important across multiple different scenarios to Martin's comment. Why that's important is the first time that happens, if the end user doesn't trust it or wants to understand whether it's accurate or will go down this path, the whole project kind of falls apart a little bit if, if, if the software is not going to be used or more importantly, trust it. And uh, so, so bringing the user along throughout this is super important uh, to make sure you have adoption of the product. You could have the greatest product on the planet, but if the users won't use it and they don't trust it, it doesn't matter. And, and, and given the level of scrutiny and frankly importance and specifically within legal uh it, it risk is pretty important so so i think it's uh, super exciting what we've seen so far where we've i know we've recently produced a blog to talk about where this is going but it's been a great collaboration on both sides thank you as we look uh as we think about the future uh can you please share with us one thing that you consistently do to stay on top of all of the rapid technology changes and what advice would you give to listeners about becoming future ready? Yeah, it's it's almost cliche, but I think we live in a world where we are still, you know, continuously learning. And personally, when I look at this, um, one of the things I've become a fan of, I know some people became a fan of Netflix in the in the pandemic. Uh, I've become a fan of LinkedIn Learning, actually. Sounds like I'm plugging Microsoft here at the moment, but I'm not, I'm not deliberately. Um, I just thought about this actually now as I was saying it, that of course LinkedIn is also from Microsoft. But there is a huge amount of information, a huge amount of information available on LinkedIn Learning in terms of videos. And I've recently taken over our Enablon business, where you know we are in the process of moving to the cloud and learning about microservices. I'm not a technologist by background. 
but I need to understand enough to actually uh, really uh, be able to talk to our tech people. And I find personally the best way for me to learn is by seeing and examples. And that's where video learning uh, via LinkedIn learning comes in. And the other thing I would say is we shouldn't get too hung up on the technology. The technology is a means to an end. And I also learn a lot from looking at what vendors are doing, getting demos of new technology in practice. that is, I think, an extremely effective way of understanding the outcome the technology is delivering rather than the focus on the technology itself. And Martin gives some great examples and LinkedIn get, sucks me in all the time relative to some of the background and the tools. And I, I agree 100 percent that 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 having a strategy and a plan around trying to keep current with some of the new technology is important. Yeah. One of the things I, I, I kind of lean towards heavily, though, I would also say to complement that is force yourself in a consistent basis to be involved with customer pitches. And and so at Microsoft, I, what I learned more about is, is frankly, in front of a customer, preparing for a customer, preparing with a partner, uh, in a lot of cases, attending uh, executive briefings that we'll have out at corporate, uh, day, day-long sessions with key customers. I love being in those because I learn a heck of a lot. And the reality is going out and doing that and participating consistently, it just drives a lot more learning for me. So I would say uh, having a set number of customer calls a week, having a set number of partner meetings a week, making sure you, you don't deviate for that. That's that's start, that's where my calendar typically starts is making sure you have those, those bedrock 15 meetings a week. Uh, it, it just forces a lot of, candidly, uh, interaction with exactly what's cutting edge with the customers. You're seeing it from the technology perspective. You're seeing it from your executives. Uh, but that's been a big help for me. When I when I stray or get distracted from that, I tend to fall behind when it comes to what's new and current. So I think uh, customer interaction is super important. And maybe just one, one other thing to add. I mean, it's often, I think, um, underestimated that when we think about technology changes, the biggest barrier to technology changes are, uh, are the organizational barriers. And, you know, the, the core, um, let's say, uh, topics of change management. I mean, there's a lot of good information there on, okay, how do you how do you change culture? How do you change the organization? And frankly, that's usually harder to address than understand the technology. But we always are, I think there is a certain um, innate, I would say, um, almost fear of the technology, but the organizational challenges are often more difficult to address. But there's a lot, also a lot of great material available to um, to support. That's a great point. Yeah, it's similar to what Matt was saying before about the customer behavior, about the technology. It wasn't just the technology, but are they willing to use it? Uh, So great discussion today. Uh, Matt and Martin, thank you both for taking the time out uh, to participate in our podcast. And we look forward to having you both back soon. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Are You Future Ready podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode 